Welcome to Book Bistro, where book lovers come to chat about the books they adore in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Thursday, November 29th, 2018. I'm Shannon, and I'm here with Stacy and Natalia, and we're going to talk about comfort reads today. Hello. Hello. Good evening. So this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Um, We're going to be kind of each talking about a few books, but also kind of discussing the things that we all kind of love because the things that we're talking about, a lot of us have a lot of things to say about. So it won't be the sort of orderly um, discussion that we usually have. It'll be a little bit more free-flowing. So hopefully everyone will enjoy that. And before I get started... I just want to say that by the time you are listening to this episode, Sarah's top reads of 2018 will be posted on the Facebook page. So if you have not seen that yet, definitely head over there and check it out. We will have one list per week um, until all of us have shared our favorite reads of 2018 with you. So you can find that by searching Facebook for Book Bistro Podcast. Once you're there, you can like or follow the page, and that will make sure that you don't miss things like our uh, top reads lists. You can also ask to join our Facebook discussion group where you can chat with us and other Book Bistro listeners. If you want to get a hold of us, if you're wanting to share your top reads with us, or you pretty much have anything else to say to us at all, you can send an email to thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com, or you can send a message to the Book Bistro page via Facebook. So I think that's pretty much all of the introductory housekeeping things I have. So we are going to chat about comfort reads because the nights are very cold. Actually, the days are very cold, too, for most of us. I realize not for Natalia. <laughs> but for Stacy and I in the Midwest, um, it's cold. And there's something just very, well, comforting about curling up at night in a nice warm bed with a stellar book. And, you know, sometimes it's nice just to return to something familiar and wonderful And so that is what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to start us off with a little bit of a discussion of Tammy Hogue. And Tammy Hogue is one of the first, like, romantic suspense authors that I read. Yes. Yes. Um, My first Tammy Hogue book was A Thin Dark Line. Oh, that was so creepy. Oh, and she's releasing a new one at the end of December. That is like the second in that <gasps> series with Nick and Annie again. What? Just in time for yeah. News. It's called The Boy and I'm looking forward to oh. it so, so much. I tried to get an arc and there aren't any. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget. Oh, no. I'll let this go back to you. But the first line in that book or one of them was, and I read it on audio and this narrator's going red, red. And it's about this, oh. uh, the blood or something. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh. That book was really intense. Yes. That was one of the most intense, intense suspense books I've ever read, I think. And it was in the bayous, wasn't it? Yes. I'm remembering? Yes. Yes. 
so I'm going to reread A Thin Dark Line coming up here very soon because it's been like 20 years since oh, yeah. she's written it and probably about as long since I've read it. So I really want to kind of re-familiarize myself with the characters so that when, she, when the boy comes out on the 31st, <laughs> I can dive right in. It'll be great. But I also really love the Night Sins and Guilty as Sin duology yes. that's set in Minnesota. And I realized that for a lot of people, these would not be very comforting because <laughs> they're like really dark and violent and just creepy. Yes. But there's something, and I'm going to try to explain this and not sound like a giant wacko, <laughs> but there is something, especially in the fall and winter, that is so like cozy to me about scaring myself to death with some kind of book and knowing that like you know a storm is raging outside it's snowing it's windy whatever it is and I'm like all safe and tucked up with my nice scary book murder yes murder and And a kitty cat by my side to keep me company of course it was on such a night that I read a Kay Hooper book where I learned that if you're dead, your cat will eat you. So oh, my God. No. I read that book. Yes. It was a so, ragdoll cat. Yes, it was. Yep. So that's a little bit less comforting to me. I do not want Rhiannon um, to be eating Were me. Were they really, though? Like, yes. Yeah. It's yes. proven if you die, your cat will eat you? Eventually, yes. Yeah. Okay, but that's not comforting but that's to not most comforting. of our <laughs> I don't feel like that sounds very comforting. <laughs> no, but back no. to Tammy Hope. I'm glad I have a dog. <laughs> Me too. That's true. Your dog will not eat you, but my no. tiny little predator. They'll be um, sad. She she might. God. But so there is just something really awesome to me about doing this, like scaring myself on this like kind of blustery stormy night um and I I just I really like that and that's one of the things I kind of look forward to as the weather gets colder and like oh I can just curl up and read these things so Tammy Hogue I'm gonna hang out with her quite a bit this winter I think um because I am definitely in the mood but she writes these marvelously complex like mysteries with these very very sexy romances and she's fantastic so my personal favorites are of course a thin dark line yes um and then night sins and guilty as sin was that the one in the night sins and guilty as sin was there a secondary plot with um a priest and a woman who was in a widow was that those yes 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 that was a very Yes, I liked those books, too, a yes, lot. They're very, very creepy. Um, you know, and, and she writes very dynamic killers. Like, they're bad. She does. But they're interesting when it gets to their sections. Like, <laughs> you're not like, oh, my God, just get back to the main. They're, she keeps them interesting enough. So, I mean, while I would never consider a Tammy Hogue book to be one of my comfort reads, <laughs> I can, her books are very compelling. And she was one of my, like, auto buy go-to authors for a really long time so I can see why you would have chosen her for you yes knowing your style yeah I better get to reading yeah oh you should they're so so good dark horse and dark paradise oh I remember that one so yes um dark romantic suspense is definitely my thing and Tammy Hogue is among the best so if you're looking for something kind of 
creepy and disturbing and strangely comforting to me. (laughs) (laughs) Check out some Tammy Hogue books. She has a lot of them and I, I just love them so much. Or on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you find things that make you laugh and romance <laughs> that warms your soul to be comforting. So I just, I, as I most to, like normal people do. Well, I wasn't going to come out and say, say that. that. But... <laughs> uh, so I have to kind of set this scene up for you. So a few years ago, I was reading this book that I discovered. And if I don't shout out to Sarah, she's going to, call me and yell at me. So Sarah called me my twin and she said, you have to read too good to be true by Kristen Higgins, because this is like the most amazing book. And yes. I was really into sexy vampire books at the time. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want to read a contemporary romance. Blah. And she's like, no, seriously, you have to read this. So I was reading this book and I'll never forget this. I was sitting in my bed in California reading this book and All of a sudden, I realize it's two in the morning, and then this scene happens in a restaurant that I will not give away, and I was full on, I was like hooting out loud in my bed, like I could not stop laughing, and it was not a pretty laugh, it was like a, (laughs) the kind you never try to do in public, and I was like crying, I was laughing so hard, and I scared my dog, and she like came out of her bed, like what is happening, and um, so anyway, I love anything and everything written by Kristen Higgins. But if I ever in my life want to like revisit, revisit that feeling that I had when reading that book, it's too good to be true is my very favorite, very closely followed by catch of the day. And I love catch the day because it's about twins. Of course. Well, but neither twin is evil. There's not an evil twin in that book. No, they're cute. And they're identical. And they're very close and they understand Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah, And, you know, I, I loved the love interest in that book, too. So I don't know. For me, there's just something about her writing that I can just, like, sink into it. And I can just lose myself. And no matter how many times I've read those books, like, I just feel like reading them is, like, going home. Or, like, you know, it just – they're very – that's how I feel about her. I love her so much. It's like reading a book written by, like, a good friend of mine. Um, I'll tell you about yeah. Too Good to Be True. Um, I was reading it in college. I was – it, I think it was a Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, and there you go again with the, like, I was reading that book in college. As oh I'm in my, my 30s and you're in co- Anyway, continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in college and on Saturday nights in school when I wasn't on duty slaving, I like to read romances. And I've actually found Kristen Higgins on Bard, but I already know who she was. So every Saturday I would get a new Kristen Higgins book to read. I started Good to Be True. I was hooked. And the next thing I knew, it was like seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, on Sunday. Oh man! But what what a book! What a book! Um, my favorites by her. It's really hard. I could tell you like my favorite characters. I love her friendships, of course, yep. which we've talked yes. about. Yeah. Um, her family dynamics. Um, you always know, a little zany. They're never like a she's... traditional family, are they? There's always something, and I that well, makes it interesting. I think she's really good at, at portraying the, the passive aggression that a lot of families, believe it or not, can, can have, you know? And I, yep. and I look forward to her explosions at the end when, you know, like, you know, you know, natural human nature takes over. Yeah. And um, I really like Too Good to Be True. I like, oh, my God, the names are escaping me today. Somebody to Love. 
I liked that one. Oh, I did too. I like except for the part where the where someone to love where the mouse comes out of her pants. I oh, could have done without yeah. that part. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I, I woke up to find a mouse eating my chips. So it was Okay, right. that's very disturbing and unnecessary. <laughs> Which is the book about the sisters? Like, one of them has, like, a couple of really young children that she's trying to, like, potty train all at the same time. Yes, that is... Um, um, if you only knew. Yes. The triplets. Yes. And her go. husband. Yeah. yeah. I love that one. But I then like that there's one. another one with sisters. But, no, she wasn't trying to potty train that one. Okay. Yeah. No, it is. If you only knew. And yep. I, if I you loved only knew. It a lot. With the triplets, I love that yes. one too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cute. But I don't know what I would like. Three babies at the same time. Ah! No, that that <laughs> that. But yeah, happen. and I love how Amy Amy Rubinade reads a lot of her books. She's the uh, the commercial audiobook narrator, and I, I love the way that she por- like portrays each character because sometimes these narrators really can bring these books to life. Yeah, like, and that's, that's your how- thing. That's how I feel about XC Sands, who reads a lot of a lot of her books. It just sounds True. like you know, it's just this like down to earth. If you're reading them on as audiobooks, um, she has good narrators for all of her books, which I think really, really. yeah, make yeah. a difference. They, yeah. they do bring them to life because if you've if you've met her and you hear her talk and you hear her voice, you can imagine like the the narrators are very perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you have for us, Natalia? Well. Now that we talked about romance and stuff, I really, my comfort, one of my biggest comfort reads, you won't believe it. I've actually read this entire series like twice and it's 40 books, mind you. 40? Or or maybe we're at 50 now. What what are we talking about? Oh, I know. I don't know. I don't know if we're at 50. I don't think we've quite gotten to 50. I think we're like at 48 or 47. I don't know. The next one comes out in February and I'm excited. These are the In Death books by J.D. Robb. And these books take place in the future in like 2060, where I think about it and I'm like, I'm getting closer and closer. I'll be 65 in 2060. Jesus. Um, Well, they start in 2058. And um, they were written in 1995. Uh, I started reading them, I think, in like 2008 or 2010. You know, they had been out for a long time. And I think... For me, one of the really cool aspects of these books, because they're kind of science fiction, so they take place in the future, is all the things that she thought of in 1995 that are coming out now. In I know. I love that. I, I love that because I, I think it's just so cool. And then some of the things that she thought of that needs to come out, like the auto chef, the auto chef needs to happen, you know, especially for those days when you don't feel like cooking. An auto chef is like a kind of you cook your meals in advance and you put them in there and you program what they are. And like, when you don't want to cook, you just press a button. Do you cook them or does someone else? I thought you like got Mm. them. I'm pretty sure either you can cook them or you can buy like the cooked meals. But I know that for even Rourke, Somerset cooks them. Well, yes, of course. And I really love it. Not only for the sci-fi, but also the murder mysteries. Cause you know, I like my romantic suspense, just like Shannon. We're kind of, very in love with romantic suspense, I would say. Yes. And every mystery is different. Uh, I can never guess a lot of them. And also what I really like, I've said this before, but I like marriages. And not because I'm newly married, but I've always liked to read about marriages. You know, like what happens after the happily ever after. It doesn't have to be like terrible, but you know, the books end. And I love, that's why I love series because I can see what's going on with the characters after. And I love watching how Eve and Rourke's marriage just, like, 
grows and how they learn to respect each other and how like wild their fights are in the beginning not in like terrible way but you know and then how they settle into learning each other learning each other's habits and and you know like basically the first two years of marriage it's so cool um my favorite book is innocent and death because like you would never guess who killed um because you know someone there's who done it um i often reread innocent and death because of course you know even work it's it's not a spoiler. It's on the synopsis. Even Rourke are fighting. And I like marriages when they're married and they fight. I don't know why. Maybe I'm masochistic. <laughs> so if I tell you that I've never read the In-Death series, will you still respect me in the morning? Like, I don't know oh, what to yeah. say. Oh, of course. I, just do it. I, I, actually, just I envy kind of, you because you haven't done it. It just seems uh, so daunting to me now to have that many books. But I love Nora Roberts. So I feel like... I'm not really sure why I haven't given these a try. Well, um, when I when I first read them, I didn't like, you know, not like the second and third time I read them, when I actually read them with fresh eyes, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't read them all at once, like one, two, three, four, five, you know, I yeah. read a couple at a time, you know, yeah, sometimes that's what I, I did read, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like some, dipped in and out. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I would read two or three. And the thing about these books, what I miss about them and why I often go back to them is when you have a book slump and you don't know what you want to read, but you want to read something you always know that these books are going to be good. It isn't ever going to be boring for me. So it was, you know, I kind of like held off. But then once I finished them all, yeah, when I decided to to read them all, forget it. I just did all 40 of them, I think in like one month. Boom. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. I'll have to give them a try. My favorites, I think, are uh, Seduction and Death. Of course. Yes. That would be your favorite. (laughs) And Purity and Death. Is it all with Juliana? No, Juliana's seduction. Purity is absolute purity achieved. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, I I really like speaking of which imitation and death. Imitation because of yes. imitating all the serial killers. I was watching serial killer interviews the other day. It was very scary. Yes, I watch those on YouTube sometimes. I know it, it's <sighs> crazy. I'm how normal feeling they sound. uncomfortable here. <laughs> <laughs> that is not comforting to me. <laughs> Who am I on this podcast with? <laughs> We're we're kind of you know we never said we were the same book bistro we just said we were book bistro. <laughs> you know you're talking about like I, I I haven't read this series but I think one thing that I think is a commonality about a good series is that if you find a really good series that you like um, that's that you really enjoy then you can if you're in a reading slump kind of dip back into it and go back into this world yes, that means right. so much to you and that's. That's how I feel about the Black Dagger Brotherhood series by J.R. Ward. You know, I, I read, I've read them all. I'm obsessed with them. Dark Lover <laughs> has a very special place in my heart because it's the first. And you know, Wrath, who's the, the vampire king, um, he's blind, which I think is very interesting. But he um, wasn't blind then. Wait, wait, he well, wasn't blind. What? You just low, spoiled it for me. No, he's low <laughs> vision. Um, and it, it says that what? right in the Yeah, in the he synopsis. has something. He's very like, low vision. Um, what's wrong with my brain? I don't remember. And I actually did read this book. Well, and, and so I almost didn't read it because I read that in the synopsis. And I'm like, I hate people who write about blind characters. They always get it wrong. Oh, and, my God, yeah. You know, and, and Tell me about it. That's a whole different podcast. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, the thing that I love about these characters is they just – I don't know. Uh, J.R. Ward just has this way of um, sucking you into this world and like these brothers and their banter with each other. And 
I love their relationships with each other as much as I love the love stories, as much as yes. I love the love stories. That sounds so redundant, but you know, and, and I'll go back and I'll reread a book here and there. I love every single book, but there's some that if I'm really feeling like, obviously Lover Awakened with Bella and Zadis is like my favorite, but yes, I love that. I is that too. the second one? And it's the third, the third one. one. But, oh, okay. But actually the one that I read, if I really need, like if I'm feeling really sad and I need some comforting is actually um, Butch and Marich- Butch and Marissa's book. Yay, um, revealed. Yes. Lover revealed. It's the fourth book in the series. And, you know, each year before the release of the latest black dagger brotherhood book, I, well, back in the day, I would do a complete series reread, but now no, you can't. it's so voluminous that sometimes I will, you know, I'll start maybe five books back and just kind of do a reread um, <laughs> to make sure that I'm all caught up in the world. But there is something about when you find a really good series that you just sort of sometimes need to, it's, it's like going back and visiting yeah, well, a friends. friend. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, but, but for me, that's J.R. Ward. If I'm going to do a series, the Black Dagger Brotherhood is like the place where I always have to go. If I just don't know what to read and I just feel really out of sorts, they can right. always cheer me up. And they're in the audible romance package. They are now. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that was after I purchased all of them. Um, but oh. I'm kind of, those are books that I would have purchased anyway, because I always want to yeah. have them. But um, yeah. And so I don't know. Everyone has their opinions on J.R. Ward and her writing and stuff. But for me, there's just something about it that is so, um, it, it just sucks me in from the very first line of any book of hers. Like I just, I love her and I love her books. So. Her worlds are so immersive. Yes. yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Her writing is not always my favorite. Um, like the weird slang that yeah, she... Yeah, we've talked about this. <laughs> yeah, like it's not always my favorite, but there's something about the stories that she tells. And how she jumps from scene to scene when you've just like, wait, wait, don't jump. Right, no. stay here. Oh, you see, just want to like stay there. That's what I love about it. I just love that it's not, it's, it's not predictable. And yet there's a comforting pattern to it in the way that interactions happen, you know, you know, the sex scenes are always going to be sexy, but they always move the story along. And you know that the brothers are always going to banter. You know that Lassiter is always going to do something funny. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's, there's a very comforting, I don't want to say formulate quality because I would not call those books formulate, but there's just something very comforting about knowing that world so well and feeling so welcome there. I don't know. Yes. And it's that same kind of like found family aspect. Yep. Um, that we all love yeah yes we do all right so stacy was talking about yeah um black tiger brotherhood and the series that is like that for me is yasmin gallinorn's otherworld series (gasps) Um, wait for it shannon's talking about yasmin gallinorn yes it's a oh my god i'm shocked yes (laughs) it must happen every episode (laughs) i it must i there's just something about her um, again, that kind of immersive world building, these very dynamic characters that just like, almost like, come alive as you're reading. And I will revisit them whenever, you know, things are, are sad or, you know, if I'm having a really hard time just with life stuff. I, I just, I love to return to that world. And I don't necessarily always have to like start at the beginning and read through to the end. I can pick like certain books, kind of like you were talking about, Stacey, that I can, mm-hmm. 
And I, I love that. And to me, that is the definition of like what a comfort read really is, that you can always go back there and just feel perfectly at home. And I just love it so much. Speaking of series, yes, because that's where we're at. I am so, so, so prone to returning to any Susan Elizabeth Phillips series. Ah, yes. Yes. And the thing is, I love reading them in order. And I I haven't decided, like, if I like the Wynette, Texas books, if I like Chicago Stars better. I don't know. Maybe I could say specific books, but I love going back to her books just the character development, just the growth in the characters, where they start and where you see them end up. Um, I loved Call Me Irresistible. I, that was another one that I read in college when it came out and I stayed up all night long reading it. And the next thing I knew, it was like 8 in the morning. Thank God it was a Saturday night. Could you imagine if I had school that day? Oh, I've done that. It would be very unfortunate. You know, the I thing have. about there's such like a warmth and heart to her books. And her characters really do sort of come alive. Um, yes. I read, um, I love all of her books. Like the first one I ever read was Kiss an Angel. Um, and I love that book. Aww, um, yes. Is that the circus book? That's the circus yeah, book. Yes, I thought so. Um, and I loved it. But for me, the one that I always return to, um, and I do, she's a reread for me and it depends on my mood. But the one that I always go back to is Match Me If You Can. I read Aww. that book. Yeah, I read that book during I the I love relief. that book. Yeah, I read that book during a really dark time in my life. My twin had just gotten engaged and moved out. And um, I had gone through what I thought was heartbreak during grad school with this boy that I thought I was in love with that I'm not now, I know. And I was trying to do some (laughs) online dating. And um, so this book came out like right at the perfect time. And like it just took me out of like all of this you know, dark, emotional, you know, just blahness I was in and just made me laugh and just kind of warmed up my soul again. And so her books always do that for me. I love her books. Yes, I know. She needs to write another one. What is she doing? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about a new one from her. My favorite, though, I think, is a toss up between First Lady and dream a little dream. No, oh, I love dream a little dream. dream. A little dream Do you know I have to admit dream. to you that I never finished First Lady? I why? why? I don't know. I read it probably I don't know close to twenty years ago, maybe probably oh. not that long ago. But um, I need to go back and start over and reread it. My favorite books are the ones about the Chicago Stars. I think, but yeah, I like a lot um, of those. I yeah. love it. Had it had to be you. I love Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah, and I love their story. And of course, nobody. The Bonner Brothers. All of them. Oh, dream a little dream, though. I tell you, and I actually ended up loving the secondary story arc in that one with um, I know Ethan and Chris. Ethan. Yes, I love that one too. I know, and I, I love how religious it was because it's it's just um, you know. The, the story is about how her husband made a parody of religion. Yes. And you have Ethan, who is, you know, real, really Christian, you know, and he, he tries to live it. But I love how she depicted, you know, as a Christian person myself, I love how she depicted the struggle of being religious and even like directors of churches can struggle with, with you know, not judging and yeah. not being self-righteous. And I thought that was so 
well well done yep. and of course I, I love the god oprah voice i did too i know yes I <laughs> yes and that mr rogers bomb. and like yes. just the whole thing made me laugh i it was wonderful yeah that was a really special so book wonderful. and that's one of the ones that has stood up to the test of time i mean that was written back in the 90s and you know it's yeah. still relevant now in my opinion i read it this year i believe and i still loved it i read the whole we read the whole chicago stars oh. series and oh. all the winnets um, yeah, the Winnet ones are not as much like. Yeah, those aren't my favorite. The only, there's only two books by her that I read once and thought, eh. And that's Just Imagine, her I one love historical. Just oh, I love Just Imagine. You know oh, what? My first one I ever read. I'll have to I try it again. And then the other one. I loved one it that, so much both times. Yeah, the other one that I'll never read again is Hot Shot. That was a very old one. Um, you know, I really liked it. Fancy. That one was so good. Is, is that the one? No, no. That's, that's not the fancy no, one. That's, that's, that's one fancy Miss, pants. That's the one with Mitch and um, well, Sam. Susanna. That's right, Susanna. Susanna. Yeah. And Paige. Yes. I love yeah. that one. Um, and I. You know, one that I didn't like, um, I hated Glitter Baby when I read it. I, I was like 16. <laughs> I read Glitter Baby. I hated it. It was torture. But then I read it again, like maybe last year, the year before, and I loved it. I agree with you on that one. I was the same on Glitter Baby. I reread it when it was re-released um, yeah. right before, um, was it, oh, the one about um, her daughter. Um, I'm blanking on the name. Call Me Irresistible. Call Me Irresistible. Right before that yeah. one came out. Right. And um, then that time I loved Glitter Baby. I thought Me- it was really well done. It was great. And and I can't say it was the narrator because I read the commercial copy yeah. both times. Um, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was my mood. I, I don't know. But I loved it the second time. Because I reread it because I was really sad that there was a Susan Elizabeth Phillip book that I didn't like, like at all. I really loved Honeymoon. Oh, me too. I didn't. Nah. No. <laughs> No, maybe I should reread it. You know what? Um, reread it now. I did. I didn't like like the it's gorgeous. I didn't like the relationship. No, I thought oh, it was I... kind of creepy. Oh, oh, I loved it. <laughs> I thought the whole. You know that there's just something about her books. I agree with you. I mean, but to have that many books that you can you know return to and, and these yes. people and this world and she just um, has a very consistent writing style. Again, not formulaic, but consistent where you know. When you pick up a Susan Elizabeth Phillips book, you're going to get something great and you're going to get, you're going to get these quirky characters and interesting, you know, secondary stories. And there's just something special about her writing. And And they're going to be different and they're all going to be different, you know? Yes. I actually really liked Breathing Room too. I did not like Breathing Room as much. Yeah. That wasn't my favorite. I did like, again, the secondary story in that one about the- about his ex-girlfriend yeah tracy (laughs) and her family i like that i know all those kids can you imagine (laughs) but to kind of move away from i think it's my turn right yeah like to a book that is not part of a series for me that i reread probably every year or two and i have since um since high school is um you're gonna laugh at me because it's not a traditional romance, but it's Lightning by Dean Koontz. And I know neither of you have read that. And it was, I read it the first time when I was about 13. And then I reread it in college. And I'm, I, I love that book. I love that it's all about, you know, it kind of has this, um, it's not necessarily dual timeline, but it takes place in two different eras. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a really beautifully told story about something that could never in reality happen, but he, 
Dean Koontz made me believe that it could happen. You know, it was just, it was a beautiful story, a beautiful romance, a beautiful uh, story about like in the darkest and most evil time, how there can be love. And I don't know. Um, I don't want to say much about it because I don't want to give away like the, the foundation of the story. But if you ever get a chance to read Lightning by Dean Koontz, seriously try it because it really is. All of his books I love, but that one is like my top. I'm just so. really surprised you like Dean Koontz. I thought it's you, true. You oh, were no. creeped out. You were creeped out, but by, by all our love of these I creepy, know. you know, books. But this is oh, I've loved Dean you Koontz since us. I was 13. I mean, and that's the funny thing because if we're gonna go talk about like other things besides romance that you know are comfort reads, I have a couple um, zombie post-apocalyptic series that I read as comfort reads. So I guess what? I can't judge your romantic suspense. I love Jail Bourne's Day by Day Armageddon, thanks to my brother. <laughs> and um, I don't know if either of you have read Sarah Lyons Fleming. I've read um, the first one, Until the End of the World. I so want to read the rest. The, the Until the End of the World series, I like those. But the City series, which is her spinoff of the Until the End of the World series, is the most enthralling, gripping, intense, amazing like post-apocalyptic book I think I'll ever read in the entire history of my life. Like it was the best book I've ever read and um, just really, really well done and as realistic as a zombie book can be, you know, or a zombie series. Um, And it's all about people, you know, pulling together in a time of great, um, (laughs) just, you know, the during the apocalypse, these people pulling together and creating a community from the, from the ashes of society. And um, so it is funny that, I mean, I guess I can't judge all of you who enjoy these like romantic suspense or murder mystery books as comfort reads, because sometimes <laughs> a good zombie story is one of something that's comforting to me. <laughs> I don't, I know. Brains. I know. It's Have you strange. read my life as a white trust? Zombie? I was just going like to say, like I want you know, to read those. I Sarah likes say, them. Sarah, Sarah likes them a lot. And I read the first two and I put it down because sometimes it goes into too much detail about the texture of the brain that she's eating. Boo! Um, and I, <laughs> tapioca. Oh, oh I know. I and I was I actually, well, I was eating dinner and I was like, and I'll have to, but you know, for a lighthearted apocalypse book, the, um, married with zombies series that the trilogy is just fantastic so if, if we're in that genre like that's one that to me is a comfort read as well it's a funny world to revisit so i'm gonna take us back to romance landia um but not in a dark creepy way take us back to london and the fantastic bridgerton books written by julia quinn I love them so, so much. She does, I think, the ultimate. I know a lot of people are saying now that her books are not as appealing to them. They feel dated. Um, but hmm. I, I will always love them, especially. Yeah, they never get old. No, no, especially the Bridgerton books. The original eight um, are among my favorite historical romances. Um, they're, they're witty and the banter is wonderful. I love her creation of this like really zany family that you know deals a lot with the like kind of conventions of the time but also manages to be utterly original right um i'm a little concerned that the bridgertons are coming to netflix not sure how i feel about that but um it will happen and 
I will probably read all of the books in preparation for it's happening. But The Duke and I starts it off. And it's just an incredible romp through, like, historical London. And I love them so, so very much. I bet there's lots of ballrooms in the Bridgertons. Uh, um, not necessarily. No. They're not that predictable. I mean, there are some, certainly, like, in um, An Offer from a Gentleman. Right. Um, And the Masquerade one. What's the Masquerade one? With Josie. Josie. The Cinderella. Yeah. Oh, that is An Offer from a Gentleman. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, Sophie. Yeah, that one's based in a ballroom. Sophie. Yeah, Sophie. that Sorry, one has, has a ballroom. And then, you know, there there are some, but... But there are pirates. More. There are, yes. There are pirates and ships and sexy heroes and so what intensity. So what about them? Like, so I've not read the Bridgertons. I tried once and I just couldn't get into it. So, like, what about them is, like, the the reason that you keep going back to them? Um, I love the dynamics between the siblings. Like there are eight siblings and okay. each of the siblings has a name that starts with like a letter of the alphabet. So they're like A through H. Uh-huh. Um, and they're just, they're this like kind of, oh, I don't know, noisy kind of rollicking group Rambunctious. of people. Yes. And they're so united. Yes. Um, they're so like, you know, they're thick as thieves and even though, you know, they're one of their parents. You know, it's not a spoiler. We find out in the very beginning that one of their their father died when they're all very young. Okay, kind of like, you know, so they're living around this thing. But they they gather together, and you know, their mom is like the matriarch, which yes. is really cool to see that there's a feminine in, in the time. You know, um, their father left everything so that their mother could be the matriarch of the family, which was strange for the time. I think, right? That wouldn't be, I think, historically accurate in a lot of ways but i i love it i like that she allows her her heroines especially to be smart without like turning them into these kind of like anachronistic hates everybody yeah stupider right like there's there's an intelligence and a wit that feels very authentic Uh uh-huh and not at all over the top um, it's just, they're a lot of fun. Well, I may have to try them when I was, I tried one, I think for maybe five pages and I think I was afraid oh. this is years ago. And I think I was afraid it was going to be fluffy and I put it down and never picked one up again. Not fluffy. No, no. you know, there's, no. Th- there's, there's the fluffy. humor, you know, there's, there's the humor and some of the kind of lighthearted like exchanges that these people have. But it's not it's not fluffy in like yeah. a, a goofy way. But we are going to have to wrap up here. So Natalia, I think you want to take us to Hogwarts before we go. I do, because we cannot have an episode about comfort reads without Hogwarts. And you know, there are so many other things I wanted to talk about. I know. Because we're gonna talk about Hogwarts. If I talk about my ultimate, ultimate ultimate comfort read above all comfort reads and probably the best things I have ever read in my entire life. I I mean, I tell you, I think that if I met JK Rowling, I wouldn't be able to speak because the tears just, just (laughs) roll down my face. Like when I saw the Eagles live before Glenn Glenn Fry passed and they played hotel California, they, everybody was looking at me and not them. I was crying so hard. (laughs) I think that would happen to me. Harry Potter by JK Rowling. Ultimate, comfort read for me to the point where I read them once every year 
And um, I've been reading them once every year since I managed to buy every single one of them. Um, I would say maybe for the last eight years since since I started college. I guess I was really lonely in, in school. And, you know, I would read them during mid final exams. Yeah. And, and they would help me mm-hmm. believe they would help me. I don't know why. And I love them because every time I read them, it's a new adventure. Uh, even though I know everything that's going to happen, I learn something new. I pick up something new. It, it's like starting all over. And, and you know, ho- like Dumbledore says, Hogwarts will always be there for those who need it, right? So, um, and I, I know that a lot of people are like not, you know, they think, oh, well, this is not for me. And I, I've converted a lot of people that were very stubborn. I begged them, my parents included, I begged them so much to please read them. And now they don't shut up about them. And I, I just think <laughs> everybody needs to give Harry Potter a chance. Because, yeah. you know. I told my sister for 12 years. Let's see. I read Harry Potter in 2006. Oh, okay. No, wait. That's great. So you didn't have to I, wait for Deathly Hallows like the rest of no, us. No, I started Harry Potter. I read all the series in 2005 when Goblet of Fire um, was released as a movie. I I, then Goblet I was like, Fire. yeah, and I yeah. saw the movie and I was like, oh, maybe these books aren't all kid books. And so I went no, to the library really and I got the first one and I binge read all six. Um, this is before Deathly Hallows came out. So I binge read them all in 11 days. And you have to wait as long as the rest of us. Know. No, I didn't. And I... It was like a revelation and I begged Sarah to read these books. And I was like, please, you'll love them. She's like, I don't do children's fantasy. I don't. And the, well, it's not children's. And then this year she read them with her son. And now of she's course. obsessed like I am with Harry Potter. And yes. so anyway, I think they're for everyone. I think you, you know, you can find something about them to relate to and love. I agree with you. There's no that I agree with you about it being the ultimate comfort read. Yeah, and I, I always call them the book of life, you know, the book of life, because so many lessons, it has so many lessons about life and friendship and good lessons, bad lessons, medium lessons, you, you just never stop. I never stop learning. I never stop learning. And let me tell you, I've converted non-readers. I mean, I'm so passionate about these books. And um, actually, good story. When my husband proposed um, we were newly engaged and he took me to see harry potter and the cursed child in london Whoa. and um he took me to the warner bros tour so i got to see like all the you know where they recorded all the movies and i got to touch all this stuff there's a video of me riding a broomstick somewhere oh. and because we were newly engaged um, we were the engaged couple they let us open the doors to the great hall of Hogwarts. And it was like the most beautiful moment of my life. (laughs) And it's it's funny because my parents made so much fun of me. They were with us. And my husband proposed not in Harry Potter land. He actually proposed in Paris on the Eiffel Tower. And what was funny is that my mother's like, look at this girl. She didn't cry when her husband proposes to her on the Eiffel Tower. But when she opens the Hogwarts doors, (laughs) she can't stop crying. I can't with this girl. It's, I think, an iconic thing for so many people who grew up with mm-hmm. it. Like, I was yes, an adult. Like yes, like you. Like, I was, you know, gosh, I was 23, 24 when I first started reading them. And so I don't have, like, that deep attachment that I see, like, in my cousins who are significantly younger than I am. Right. Um, and other people who grew up with it as a part of their, their childhood Right. Um, But I think there's a lot to love about them, especially the early ones. I love the ones where Hogwarts plays 
a big bowl, Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. um, will always be my favorite in that whole series. Wow, I love Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. I, I think the attachment comes with, a lot of us grew up with Harry. I was maybe two years younger than Harry was in the series. Mm-hmm. When Harry was 17, I was 15, you know. Um, my father was the one who actually got me into Harry Potter because he would take my brother and I to the movies and he took me to see Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And that was it. I I asked for them in Braille (laughs) after that. And then I'm sure he regretted it because he had to carry a lot of Braille Harry Potter books on his back and turn off lots of Uh, lights at four in the morning. And I got in trouble in school because I wouldn't read what we were reading. I would hide the Harry Potter book in the Braille book. I was very rebellious. Like you couldn't have me away. From my Harry Potter. That's great. Was... <laughs> I love so that. So I next year I'll be reading them again, probably around April. Very and good. I do suggest that if you haven't picked up Harry Potter, please do. You you don't want to live life and, and yeah. like, know that you went through your life and you didn't read Harry Potter. It <laughs> needs to happen. Yeah, and there no. is no Harry Potter. No, no. Yes. All right. Well, that does it for us this evening. Thank you to Stacy and Natalia for sharing some of your comfort reads with all of us tonight. And of course, thanks as always goes out to the fantastic Christine for her editing. And I want to, of course, thank all of you for listening. If you have something to say to us, if you want to let us know how we're doing, um, you can leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other um, platform that you use to access the podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook. You can send us a message there. Just search Book Bistro Podcast. You can also send us an email at thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Everyone take care. Have a lovely week filled with bookish greatness. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.